Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Directly across from me, Papa is his favorite title. We've called him a wide range of other names around here. Oh, you certainly do. And none of them very nice, to be honest with you. Over the half a century. (laughs) Well, we had fabulous leadership for decades while you were here, so we appreciated that. That that was good. People looked up to you. Bless your heart. They always thought that you were (laughs) super forward thinking and coming up with innovative ideas. Yesterday you told me I was mean. You were thinking out of the box before. Before it was hip. I was thinking out of the box before there was a box. <laughs> That's how old I am. <laughs> so, yeah, that is Joe McGranahan's his actual name. Now, he's also chair of the CSVT task force, and CSVT is one of the idled uh, big projects around here. Yep, another slowdown and shutdown for the CSVTP. Isn't that something? Odds I'm going to make it to that grand opening are getting slimmer. <laughs> you keep saying that. I wish you wouldn't say that. It's now only, it's less than 10 years away. So, let's see, and you are, uh, what, seven? something you've already outlived everyone in your family minus maybe one grandparent thank you for reminding me of that sure <laughs> so uh, basically you're going to be gone soon on the mark is sponsored <laughs> 10 a 10 a.m i mean when the show's oh, over okay i'm gonna say you talk like that i'm gonna take you with me <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. there's a lot of that going around people one of the psychologists we interviewed when this whole thing started is that when people get stressed their fuses get a little short yeah she I'm, said so uh, i find it ironic that pennsylvania is one of the few states that's closed down its liquor stores. There's a story that I read this morning about how uh, there's a tsunami of Pennsylvanians flooding across the border into the other surrounding states to buy alcohol, where their governors have declared the sale of alcohol to be an essential service. Okay. Well, if beer is, why isn't liquor? I mean, I don't need either of them. You can get wine at the grocery store, but in any event, okay. On the market. So it goes. On the market sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. Now, we're going to do a quick interview here, and then we will accept uh, calls. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. We would just love to hear from you in that fashion. On the news line with us now, Dr. Jennifer rager K is checking in. She's an ears, nose, and throat specialist. That makes her an otolaryngologist, and she is with the Geisinger Medical Center and also happens to be a very active citizen around here, recently elected to the Sealands Grove School Board. And so I thank you for checking in, Dr. Rager K. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Jen. How are you? I'm good. How are you both? We're hanging in there. Yeah, we're hanging in there. Good. You know, six feet apart, right? Uh, well, I didn't get mm. the tape measure out this morning, but I think it's probably closer <laughs> to five. But, you know, one of the things we wanted to talk to you about this morning is this is coming up on allergy season. And, you know, some of the symptoms of allergies are, are very similar to those of the common cold and to this pandemic yes. virus. What should we be looking for? What should concern us? And what uh, what should we accept as kind of natural? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think the um, the biggest difference that we have to look for 
um, is we don't have fevers with an allergy. You know, a lot of the same symptoms can be there as far as if we see someone coughing or sneezing, you know, we all panic now because we're thinking uh, that they may be contagious. But a lot of the same symptoms for allergies can certainly be seen with this, but you're sick. You're definitely a lot sicker. You have flu-like symptoms with body aches and fevers and chills. You don't have that with regular run-of-the-mill allergy symptoms. How do you know whether you've got the flu or the COVID-19? Is there a differentiation? Not a whole lot with symptoms, not unless you get tested, but um, testing is limited. Obviously, that's one of the issues that we're having um, in the healthcare industry. Uh, But, you know, we're, we're saying that unless you're having severe complications or severe symptoms, um, there's not really a whole lot of purpose in testing because the treatment wouldn't be any different, unfortunately. What are the very specific symptoms of allergies and the very specific symptoms of COVID, COVID-19? The biggest symptoms for allergies to look for um, are the sneezing, itchy, watery eyes, runny nose, um, sometimes a cough, but the biggest um, differential is by far uh, the, the fever that you get with COVID-19. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty tricky virus in the fact that not all symptoms present, not all people present with the same symptoms. And so that's kind of where a little bit of the confusion comes in. But the, the biggest thing to look for by far um, is, is a fever. At what point does that show up, doctor? Is that like uh, one of the first symptoms or... Well, it's, it's usually one of the, the first symptoms that we see, but the problem with this type of virus is that you can actually be harboring it. You could be contagious for up to 10 to 14 days, they're saying, with, without having any symptoms at all. So you can be exposing others to this uh, virus without having any symptoms whatsoever. Um, and so that's the dangerous part of it um, that we're dealing with. Um, how, what are the symptoms when someone has this? You, you mentioned fever, cough, and shortness of breath. What overcomes them, or it, it, is that because this is such a, uh, a strange virus that seems to have so it, many different renditions? It does, but the biggest thing by far is the respiratory effect. Um, it's, it's a very virulent virus, a very dangerous uh, and potent virus, and it affects the respiratory system, so the lungs. And what happens is it primarily um, puts a person into uh, acute respiratory failure, and that's where the dangers become. On the cough issue, um, they're saying that it's a dry, hacking cough with the virus, but allergies, it can be a productive cough, right? Or am I wrong on that? It, It can be either one. Yeah, they're not really specific. You can have a dry, hacking cough with allergy. Um, you can also have a productive cough with allergy, and you know, and, and so I think you know, being overly cautious um, is is the best plan. Well, if you have a fever uh, and you think you might have COVID virus, I saw a report somewhere that said you should take a deep breath and hold it for ten seconds, hopefully outdoors, and if over ten seconds or longer, and if you don't cough or you're not uncomfortable, then you're okay. But if you do have no. a cough, not so. No, no, there's a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of misconceptions, uh, miscommunications, misguidance uh, that's been going around regarding this, but um, that's, that's certainly not one of them, unfortunately. 
For individuals who do get COVID-19, what is the, the long-lasting symptoms, if any? Do you end up with anything that's, uh, you know, lasts weeks or months that you know of? Not that I'm aware of, you know, and I think it's too early to tell um, if there's going to be any type of long-lasting effects. Obviously, just like having any other illness, there's potential for, for long-term damage. Um, but the biggest issue is by far uh, surviving the illness and being able to, um, you know, survive the respiratory failure. What are you and your colleagues doing with things like office hours? I know right now you're in the process of getting set up, but uh, you right. know what, what kind of things should doctors be doing uh, if we call and we say we're sick and we think we should be seen? Uh, what should they tell right. us? I, I'm very fortunate and um, I feel very blessed that our department and our hospital is actually taking a very proactive step into not only protecting its providers, but also the patients as well. We've limited... Uh, office hours and even surgical cases to urgent need only. Um, we've gone to telemedicine, um, telephonic visits, meaning calling our patients, video conferencing if necessary. Um, but you know, this isn't this isn't a laughing matter. This isn't a joke. You know, people I think are having a hard time understanding that this is 2020. You know, how can we have all this technology and still have something like this going on? Well, the fact of the matter is, it's a virus. It's transmissible, and we don't have a lot when it comes to dealing with something like this on a larger scale. And so, you know, by having physicians who are available and and willing to take calls and speak to patients over the phone, a lot of times the reassurance is is what's important. Um, But especially, you know, physicians in my field were directly related to the to the aerodigestive tract, the upper airway, and that's the number one route of transmission. So. Um, it can certainly be very dangerous. Well, virus, common cold's a virus, and this is a virus. Can we get more than one virus at a clip? Sure. Yeah, you can, you can sustain any infection at any time. Um, but the difference is, the two main differences is the fact that you can, have some, you can have the virus for so long without being symptomatic, and then it becomes the aggressiveness of the virus once you do have the symptoms. And... Those are, that's the reason why we're seeing this surge in you know, patients being hospitalized and on a ventilator and, and even death, unfortunately. Well, what should people who have a compromised immune system do? I, 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 I go to the gym every day when the gym is open, and one of the reasons yeah. is to try to keep my immune system up, but now that's not possible. I mean, the gyms are shut down. Right. What, what kind of things should we be doing to uh, enhance our immune system? Stay any, home. Okay. <laughs> and, any Stay vitamins home. or anything like that that help? Or? I mean, aside from, you know, taking multivitamins, um, unfortunately, there there isn't a whole lot of prevention that we can do in the means of taking medication for for this type of illness. But you know, social distancing, um, you know, quarantining yourself, being separate away from others, it, it's twofold. It has you know, it's it has to do with protecting yourself, but also protecting those that are less vulnerable. Uh, I'm sorry, more vulnerable than we are as far as, you know, those who do have a compromised immune system. You're not just protecting yourself and your family, you're protecting others. And so, you know, we're in this together. We're, this is something that's not, unfortunately, going to be going away anytime soon. And, and unless we wake up and realize on a larger scale that this is what's necessary, 
um, unfortunately, we're going to see the death toll rise even more. Are we not woke now? Maybe we're all shut down. Neighboring states are shut down. We're down to non-essential businesses, uh, minus takeout yeah. beer and guns, of course. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can't get rid of that. But, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see the governor's, um, you know, latest update as far as, you know, being really restrictive. Um, I definitely support um, that decision. You know, I think that could it have been earlier? Absolutely. You know, I think, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. but if we didn't learn anything from you know, the Spanish flu over a hundred years ago, it's that we need to act quickly and we need to do it fast. Otherwise, we're not going to flatten that curve that everyone talks about as far as the, insp- the exponential increase in, in infections and death. And, you know, we have our local and state leaders, you know, who are more important and more concerned about, you know, partisan politics than enacting what medical professionals have have recommended and have been recommending for weeks now you know and it i don't know what more it's going to take for people to realize that this isn't you know viruses don't care what what party you belong to no. um you know. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, no, they're not. They're certainly not a political at all. I don't think anybody no. would assume they are. But, I mean, the political leaders, I think, are kind of in a rough spot, all of them, Republicans, Democrats. I mean, I look at Governor Cuomo and Governor Wolf, the president. Everybody is looking at this now and saying, we should have done this, we should have done that. You know, how right. uh, it's like designing, to me, it's like designing a storm sewer. You don't design it for 5,000-year floods. You design it for maybe a 100-year flood and what's most likely to happen. But going forward, do you think we should be more, you know, more proactive in, in how we prepare for a possible future pandemic? Absolutely. You know, I, I think that, you know, history will repeat itself. It's repeating itself. Um, as we're seeing now, and I think that, you know, it's easy for, um, you know, our leaders to point fingers at each other and say, we should have done this, we should have done that. But, you know, putting all of that aside, the fact is, it's here. It's here now. You know, let's not miss the forest for the trees. Let's not worry about the small, minute details of, you know, worrying about who specifically has it and who doesn't. The fact of the matter is, it's here and we need to heed the advice of the medical experts. You know, we have our, our county and our state and our, you know, federal leaders have important jobs, but medical advice is not one of them. You know, or contradicting the experts is not one of their jobs. Their job is to listen to the experts and do what it takes to protect the health and the lives of their constituents. And unfortunately, you know, I think that um, if that hasn't happened. Well, speaking of, of things to pr- keep yourself safe, Governor Newsom in California has now asked everybody in the state when they go out, if they have them or have the capability to make them, to use homemade masks. Do you think that's likely to be effective? Unfortunately, against this specific virus, not necessarily. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, when I, when I tell patients when they ask about taking, you know, certain herbal supplements, is the the only thing that's going to hurt is is your wallet. You know, spending money on uh, different objects that could potentially 
try to protect you, but with this specific virus not having the specific mask that it takes to prevent that particle from being inhaled into the system um, is key. You know, obviously any protection is better than none at all. What about uh, uh, ways to avoid getting it? A mask uh, is uh, not not necessarily going to help you that much, but if you were sort of the czar of the world and say, okay, everybody, we're not getting this virus, here's what we're going to yep. do. What are those steps? Aside from, you know, again, I, I can't say it enough, staying home, uh, distancing yourself from, from others, those are... You know, and I know what people are tired of hearing that, and uh, trust me, I'm tired of being cooped up in, in the house as well. But in order to have this, you know, break in exposure, we're not going to flatten the curve anytime soon. Um, the other thing is, is that this virus is potentially dangerous in the fact that it kind of hangs around for a longer period of time. We know that it can potentially hang around in the aerosolized form, in droplet form, for a few hours, but we also know that it can hang around on surfaces for days. And so, you know, that's the importance of staying home, aside from just not being around other people, is that you can be around objects that may have this virus on that. You know, one thing we think about that is very common is, is pumping gas at the gas station. You know, not having any type of protective measures against touching objects that others that may have been exposed um, is something that is, is really important. And, and that kind of goes to reinforce the staying home. It's more than just for one reason. Hand sanitizer versus hand washing. Do you have a favorite? <laughs> hand washing by far. Absolutely by far. Uh, studies have shown that for years. But now, you know, we, we know that even now it's more important because a virus can still, you know, kind of hang around. If you don't have anything at all, hand sanitizer by far. You know, it, it, it becomes, you know, what, what do we have, what can we use, and what would be the best. Those are all different. You know, hand sanitizer is extremely important because it's quick, it's easy, you know, we can take it with us. So at least it's something that we're doing to try to prevent um, the contamination and spread. But hands down, no pun intended, hand washing 100%. Well, how about you say it hangs around for a long time or can hang around for a while. I've heard uh, one person tell me that their, their family doctor recommended that if they go out to the store or something, when they come in, they immediately take off all their clothes and wash them. Isn't that going a bit overboard? I mean, they don't hang around in cloth very well, does it? Um, I don't think that's overboard, but, you know, again, I'm, I'm in the medical field, so I know the dangers of this, um, and it sounds a little silly, you know, even the times that I have to go to the hospital or I have to go in, um, you know, it, it's a matter of coming in right away, um, you know, taking shoes off at the door, washing your hands, changing clothes, um, it's, it's not overkill, um, and it sounds silly, it sounds uh, panicky, um, but I think it, it, you know, now's the time for us to take this serious or it, it's just going to get worse. All right. Well, we thank you so much. Uh, I would invite you to check back in if you have more to say in the future. We certainly have more questions, but we're not going to put you through that gauntlet any further this morning. We'll let you get back to your uh, your family that should be there with you. So uh, we appreciate. Yeah, we really appreciate you checking in. Thank Stay you so safe, much, gentlemen. Right, and take good care of that parrot. 
I sure will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Take care, we'll doctor. Take, appreciate that. Take care. And Dr. Bye-bye. Jennifer Reger K, uh, ears, nose, and throat specialist, otolaryngologist, now with Geisinger Medical Center. Of course, you'll remember as an independent physician uh, near Sunbury Hospital and associated with UPMC, uh, still a Sealance Grove School Board member and a uh, very active and informed citizen. So we appreciate And her. a great doctor on top of it all. There you go. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a ringing endorsement. That's from uh, uh, WebMG. One of her patients. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Joe McGrana. All right, we'll take a quickie break. Uh, we'll return shortly uh, with uh, op- a segment of Open Phones. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565. Ultra speedy dialers. But we have the 9 a.m. hour open. What we're trying to do with our good calling guests that we get on at 8.30 is leave the 9 a.m. hour open for you to yell at Joe. And then the rest of the time is available for uh, guests uh, at 8.30 in the morning. That leaves us a short amount of time for a good caller. Peggy, thanks for checking in today. You're on the mark. Uh, good morning, everyone. I'd like to uh, do two thoughts. Number one, I heard that the uh, coronavirus was caused by bats. If so, can we get an infected bat with a virus and dissect it and get the venom out of it and develop a vaccine? That's my number one thought. And the other uh, second thought is, can we treat our coronavirus victims right here in Sunbury at Susquehanna Health, the uh, now uh, empty hospital? Why not? Susquehanna Health. You mean UPMC Susquehanna? Yes, sir. That's what I meant. Okay, yes. yeah. Well, the hospital is closed. I mean, I think up until April 1st, they were supposed to be open for lab work. I didn't hear whether they made it to that date, but then there was a story in the news media yesterday that there were a group of people touring the facility with an eye toward perhaps buying it, uh, whether that's the state or the government in some way, I don't know. But it certainly is a tragedy that UPMC shut the hospital down during this period. Right. Yes, it is. I only live two blocks away, and they saved my life two Christmases ago. And Joe, bat venom? Um, I saw a story about bats, but I thought it started at a fish market in China, so I don't know. You know, so well, whoever I, I, it started in, whatever um, uh, rodent or insect or whatever, uh, why can't uh, they find one that's infected and, and dissect it, like we did in biology class with our fetal pigs, and get the uh, poisonous venom out and, and try to develop a vaccine? 
they they did have um, um, who is it Chick Fil A their uh, advertising slogan shows a couple of steers standing up saying eat more chicken. Now they've changed it to eat more bats because apparently they've heard that the uh, coronavirus comes out of bats too. So I, I don't, don't think Chick Fil A has changed their advertising. Yes, they did. And no, they they just chicken. for a short period eat of time. Bats. Get rid of the bats. <laughs> uh, the bats that carried the virus, if it was bats or fish or whatever it was, they didn't carry it as part of their system. It wouldn't be anything in their venom as you described it, but it was uh, a bacteria, or, or I'm sorry, a virus that was on them and uh, lived in them. And of course, these viruses mutate and change, so it may have started on an animal, and it may have been associated with a live market in, in China, associated with that. But now we know what it is. We, we know sufficient enough about the virus to know what its uh, DNA makeup is, and uh, or what its imprint is, and what the uh, RNA in humans is, and that's how we do some of the testing now and that's the basis for the vaccines that's the the framework that they're building the vaccines on is what we know about the virus already its origin isn't quite as curious to us as much anymore other than the fact that uh, you know maybe if we knew precisely where it began uh, we could try to prevent that kind of thing from happening but uh, uh, so far no no luck there thank you so much Peggy well there was a story this morning about uh, coronavirus's cases have jumped in recent days China it's been alleged is misled the world by purposely underreporting its numbers of patients and deaths, three U.S. intelligence officials say. In a classified report sent to the White House, the officials say that China's public record of COVID-19 infections was deliberately deceptive and incomplete. Bloomberg, which first reported the news, cited three U.S. intelligence officers who they say alerted the White House last week to Beijing's misleading numbers. Two of the three sources called the numbers flat-out fake. So the Chinese are not our friends in all this. You know, and so when the president calls it the China virus, I have no problem with that. Well, and I, I think we're starting to find out, of course, we've always kept uh, China governmentally at arm's length uh, to ourselves. But while we depend on them for so many things, and of course they are... Uh, inter- and we owe them so much money. Right. They're intricately part of the U.S. economy. But uh, some folks may wonder, well, what's the impact of having one of your, having a frenemy like China? Well, well this is it. You know, you don't get... Uh, reliable numbers. You can't get sufficient numbers of products that you need for ventilators. So there's a, you know, this, if you wonder what, what could possibly go wrong with having a friend of me like China, here's here's your life. Well, it is for sure a totalitarian regime. This is your economy on the China virus. <laughs> it's the virus, stupid. <laughs> All right. Do you, thank you, Joe. This is WDK, okay, Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Great things and welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe's across at me and he could not be any more fabulous on the other side of the glass and that is Rob Center, our producer, so we appreciate his help and hard work. We are up to the second day of April 2020. <laughs> the end of March went kind of slow because we were hunkered down and I don't know if April's going to go as fast as it usually does. We won't have uh, as any Easter services to 
to rely on, but uh, there were a couple of churches that were going to attempt some outdoor services, but we got our uh, cancellation of one of them yesterday, so uh, I guess the stay-at-home order kind of stepped up that uh, outcome a little bit. But uh, that's what we're going to talk about today on our On the Mark show. We invite you to call us. So we're talking about the governor's stay-at-home order, and you can uh, weigh in on that. We heard from Dr. Jennifer Rager Kay on the first segment. Maybe you have an observation about some of her remarks. And do you need a mask when you go outdoors? It's not a terrible idea, seems to be the official scientific medical uh, position, but no, ne- won't necessarily protect you from uh, airborne coronavirus uh, aerosol or droplets or different kinds of uh, airborne material. So let's talk about it. Bring it up right now. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. You can also text us at 70236. We would just love to hear from you today. In the news, Pennsylvania Department of Health says as of yesterday there were 5,805 positive tests of coronavirus in across 60 counties of Pennsylvania. Positive cases continue to increase in the valley, including 13 test positives in Montour County, 6 in Northumberland County, 3 in Snyder County, 2 in Union County and surrounding areas. Columbia County has 8 cases, Lycoming County 7, Schuylkill has 47 cases, Dauphin County has 59, and Juniata County has 2 cases. The department also says 74 individuals have died from coronavirus in Pennsylvania. In case you didn't hear, the governor has ordered you to stay at home. Regardless of where you reside in Pennsylvania, you should not leave your home unless absolutely necessary. This stay-at-home order will remain in place until April 30th. The Surgeon General is recommending stay-at-home across the nation, and the states surrounding us have put into place similar orders. Individuals may leave their home for reasons such as engaging in outdoor activities as long as you keep social distancing, visiting a pharmacy, grocery store, health care professional, uh, a restaurant that offers takeout food. Of course, beer stores are still open because of their water and other grocery elements that they uh, sell. Their gun stores are still open on a permissible level. But what has changed is the tone of the governor's order uh, saying that... Uh, you are implored that only if it is a life-sustaining issue to uh, go out away from the home at this time. The state liquor stores are going to start some uh, limited online sales while their website hasn't been able to keep up with the request. They say they'll uh, still do a controlled number of daily orders and mail those to individuals. Uh, They do say that you'll be limited to six bottles of liquor when you get that from the state mail system. So they're going to mail it liquor through, the, they're going to send mail through the, the mail, well, liquor so through the mail. They've already been they've been doing that for years, packaged uh, Wait bottles. Wait till the porch the pirates hear about this. <laughs> yeah, big, big box. Six bottles of vodka for from Joe McGranahan. <laughs> right. Well, that'll don't, be the day. <laughs> don't anyone steal this. Well, that would be like 
20 lifetimes for you. Well, I mean, 35 lifetimes. All right. All right. Next topic. Uh, Pennsylvania State Police will no longer respond in person to some types of calls as the agency tries to limit troopers' contact with the public. Calls for lost and found, littering, identity theft, and general requests to speak to a trooper will be among the types of calls that will be resolved with limited or no on-scene response. State Police said in a news release the new policy took effect yesterday. Newport High School graduate Nikki Batiste in the heart of Manhattan still working for CBS News, nine months pregnant all the while. We continue to work. Our jobs are vital right now, trying to inform people. You know, a lot of the news is terrible and sad. We've had more than a thousand deaths in New York State. It's also important to report the stories of hope. One of my colleagues, you know, told the story of a woman who was 95 in the Seattle nursing home that was so impacted who survived. If you watch the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell or all the previous anchors over the years, you'll see CBS News correspondent Nikki Batiste with her video packages did some groundbreaking coverage on coronavirus and pregnancy and childbirth and infants as she is nine months pregnant, so a subject dear to her heart. Uh, she'll soon deliver a baby at a New York hospital, but then says she'll return to Juniata County uh, to spend time with a family. So uh, you can hear her entire interview on the WKOK Sunrise program. Program at WKOK.com. Some other headlines briefly. Volunteer fire companies called to Sassafras Street in Seals Grove yesterday on the report of a house fire. A vehicle that was under repair caught fire, caught the garage on fire. The home was uh, damaged. No injuries in that uh, fire in Seals Grove. Organizers just last week issued their call for nonprofit organizations to step forward for the upcoming Day of Action. Now the hundreds of volunteers and the nonprofits will have to wait till next year. Day of Action, sponsored by the Greater Susquehanna Valley United Way now canceled. One of the Valley's boroughs will be featured on PCN tonight in a release. PCN says Danville Borough will be featured at 7.30 p.m. in their Exploring Pennsylvania Boroughs program. If you have service electric cable vision, you'll be able to see that tonight on Channel 17 on the basic cable and 517 if you got the, uh, if you're like Joe and you spend thousands of dollars on cable every month. And the mayor of Los Angeles has told everyone in the nation's second largest city to start wearing a mask to fight coronavirus. California's governor isn't ready to take the idea statewide. Uh, governor Gavin Newsom says he's focused instead on keeping people inside during shutdown times. He also announced the state may need 66,000 additional hospital beds, 16,000 more than previously forecast to handle the crush of the illnesses expected during the second part of May in California. Wow, they, they're... Uh, curve is, uh, people are trying to flatten the curve. Their curve is way down the road. All right, but he's ordering people to wear masks in Los Angeles. Interesting order. Enforceable. Right. That's a good thing that the banks are, um, you know, shut down for their office visits because otherwise people walking in with masks would probably create some consternation. Now you can drive up to banks now. With a mask on. Right. And you, uh, (laughs) that's true. You can walk up to drive through. So people be careful if you're using a drive through in a vehicle because pedestrians are are uh, permitted to use the drive-thrus now. Well, assuming they're within walking distance, I imagine if you came in a car, you would probably use the car to go to the window. (sighs) Don't you think? Joe's... (laughs) Worthless wisdom. So, are you so dumb that you think I wouldn't know that, or or do you think I'm so dumb I wouldn't know that? Well, you once told me you thought Sherlock Holmes was a housing development. Okay, moving on. Other than that. Okay. (laughs) All right. Peggy, thanks for calling in. Good morning. You're on the mark. 
Good morning. Uh, a few women at our church, we've been making the cloth mask for about two weeks now. And uh, we have given them out to some doctor's offices. Uh, the senior helpers have asked for them because when they go into the homes with the seniors to help them, they prefer using that because they can take them home and wash them. And also, it eliminates people buying the mask that the, really the medical workers need. These are not, like you say, they're not preventive, but they are if you want to go for a walk or if you want to go to the grocery store. I think they're good for that. My question is, we have over 100 made. We do not have a contact that we could get these out to. I was hoping someone would know who we could call or contact and distribute these as we're making them. And these would be for individuals to wear, and they're not yes, uh, medically yes. sound per se, but they would certainly perform the desired purpose. Uh, I would call the United Way. That's that's a great clearinghouse of information. That's 9880993. Of course, you work with them occasionally, so um, and some of their agencies. So try the United Way. If, if not, they, they certainly are a great referral service, or, or, you know, right around here. Would you give me that number again? Sure, 988-0993. And you'll have to leave a message that they're not staffed in person now, but they are checking the voicemail regularly. Yes, I left one with uh, um, Schlegel's office, but I never think I never got back, but I'm sure they're busy, so I understand that, too. Yeah, they're but going I buggy. I think these masks can be used in place of people buying the expensive masks that the medical service people need, so... They're pretty good. And, by the way, tell Joe they're flowered. I don't know if anybody would go up to a <laughs> bank and rob a place with a flowered mask. Well, at least they'd oh, look yeah. like a happy thief. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Gotcha. Take they care. We've got a sort of a springtime motif. Thank you so much for calling in. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Mike, thank you for checking in today. You're on the mark. You're welcome. You know, most people call me uh, right-wing uh, fanatic and, and things like that, but I, I just want to get the truth out there. If I take any of these exams, I, I come out as a libertarian, and I, I also consider myself a pragmatic libertarian. And from the beginning, the, the thing that had me most concerned about this uh, virus was the amount of information, the data that was not being presented to the average person on the, you know the, in the news, okay, so to speak. You know, we were, we were hearing, you know, it took a while for this pre-existing condition link to come out, and we did hear about the, the age differential. But specifically, we weren't hearing how important it was in the, uh, the effect on the person. Okay, the hospitals are getting filled up where they are getting filled out. In many, in many places, they're not, there's hardly any uh, business going on at a hospital at all. But, like, for instance, in New York, the, the majority of the people, the great majority, almost 100%, have underlying conditions, that, you know, serious things like chronic kidney disease, cardiovascular disease, and, and diabetes, almost to a same. But now they're actually saying that in the younger age group, when people are affected, it really comes down to either you have those severe underlying conditions or you're obese with a high body mass index, okay? So that said, in my mind, the segment of the population that needs to be cared for are the older ones, people with the pre-existing conditions that make it very severe if you get this disease. 
And this country that we have is a huge country. It's more, in my mind, it's more like 11 small individual countries. If you, if you could you know, look at the map and draw the borders of the different regions and the cultures in our country, and to shut them all down, you know, based on this uh, virus, I think we're getting to a point <clears throat> where we, we could get past the point of no return where it comes almost impossible to bring the economy back in any fashion that it resembles what we had, or what we, you know, as a month or two ago, what we have. And the problem that I see is that your first call or person there, you had a, a doctor on, okay? And a doctor is an expert in what they do. And if you're an epidemiologist, you don't want a single person to die. Nobody wants anybody to die. But the reality is when you have a virus like this, people are going to die. So, as I said, we need to identify the ones that are going to have the most severe uh, uh, prognosis, and they're the ones that have to be taken care of. Then, on the other hand, when you have financial people, the financial people, I'm not going to say they don't care about the, the health of the people, but the reality is some of our greatest financial people were the ones that were most interested in uh, being benefactors to the society. Just look at the names on the buildings in many of these major cities. But the point I'm trying to make is we need a, a, a system right now. We need, we need a leader. And I'm, I'm going to be critical of Donald Trump. And, I'm, I, and I may say that he's not up to the job. But it, when, in the world of politics, I don't know that there is anybody up to the job of doing what we need to do right now to adequately communicate to the society what needs to be done and, and get the people to move in that direction. And this is the last thing I'm going to say. I watched the, uh, the president yesterday, and I, I mo while I'm watching him, I usually monitor MSNBC and CNN, and I've said it before. And basically, what they did was, when he started talking about trying to enforce and, and prevent drugs from under the co country, they cut away from him, and then it just went into an all-out smear, calling him all kinds of names, shameless and everything. But the reality is, it was only, what, a year ago that I, I could open my paper every day and see somebody 22, 28, 32, and you know that there was a very good chance that they died of an overdose of drugs. And to me, our country right now, with people not working, you know, what do they say? Idleness is the devil's workshop. So we're right for drugs coming into the country. So I don't see any problem with him doing something about it. And to accuse him of just doing it for political gain, gain I don't think is really looking at the reality of what's happening in my little backyard here in little Bloomsburg as opposed to these rich people that are on the media in New York and Washington who, you know, sometimes they just don't have a clue what real life is when people are struggling to make a living and, and have a family. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm a, I, I believe I'm a pragmatic libertarian, and I take great offense when people say that I want to force poor women to have babies because I'm a white nationalist with makes no logical sense. Well, I, you know, it's difficult to say who deserves credit or blame for this. I think uh, Dr. Rager K. made a good point that, you know, we're, we are here and we have to deal with it now. That, you know, if you want to point fingers, wait till after we've got the problem solved, if that's even a thing that's worth doing. 
because I don't think anybody could have planned for this adequately. I, I've said on the program before, I was part of, uh, when I chaired the Pennsylvania Emergency Communications Committee, I was part of the pan, uh, planning that was being done at the time. You sound like Joe Biden. Why, when I was in the White House, we, when I was back we then, cured years all ago. known diseases no, but and I mean, fed the, the poor. It, it was for the bird flu that they were concerned about at the time, and there were all sorts of plans being made and talked about, and then it just kind of died because we didn't have the pandemic. And it's hard to say how much money we should spend, how much effort we should put into planning for something that occurs so very rarely. I mean, the doctor, the hospitals are screaming in New York for more ventilators, but how many should we have in reserve? Should we have two million in reserve in case we have a, a disaster and the cost of storing them and maintaining them? Uh, you know, it, it's a difficult place to be in. I don't envy the president. I don't envy, um, I really don't envy our governors. I mean, it's a tough call. Exactly. And in, in the reality of the situation, we have to have a society that has a common goal, and we don't have that. Now, I, I'm not, I don't want to bring up illegal aliens, but I'm going to bring it up. But when you start looking at the numbers, there's many people that are in critical condition. They're, they're illegal aliens that had underlying conditions that most likely, because they're illegal and they're not part of the, the society in a way where they, you know, they have a job with benefits or whatever, they have these underlying conditions that they may not have even been aware of, okay? So the, the, the whole thing, we, we have this fight between the right and the left when the real goal is the middle and, and what's best for the country. And to me, I'm just going to finish up by saying shutting down the entire country is not the thing to do. I mean, even in some states, what sense does it make to shut down the entire state of New York when pretty much upstate New York is unaffected. What, what sense does it make to shut down the entire state of Pennsylvania when here in Columbia County, even under the worst case projections that I, that I analyzed, we would probably have over the course of the next five months maybe 15 additional deaths, which, you know, if this thing went unchecked. Right. And that, that comes out to what? Just one... Uh, well, I don't. Th- I don't. Th- let me stop you just briefly here, and then we got to move on. But I, I don't think I know the death toll is something that's talked about. But the, our goal isn't the death toll; it's to not overwhelm hospitals. So you may get, your projections could be right, and you'd get 15 additional ca- deaths if you didn't shut down. But you might overwhelm uh, Geisinger, Bloomsburg, and Geisinger Bur- or Berwick. I guess is separate, but uh, you would overwhelm your local hospitals. That's what we're trying to avoid. It doesn't have anything to do with the deaths. And as you pointed out earlier. A lot of people are going to die this year anyway. So, uh, you know, I, how many people die each year j- just because that's the normal rate? So, all right, thank well, you so much, Mike. We don't need to speed up the process of them dying. Tons of, uh, well, no argument there. Tons of food for thought. We appreciate that. Okay, reaction to Mike, one of our good listeners says. It is supposedly okay to go outside to walk your pet so long as you keep yourself a safe distance from other people. How do we know the virus is not airborne? How do we know, well, it is airborne. How do we know we are putting ourselves in direct danger from just the fresh air. Guess I'm paranoid. I'm just trying to keep healthy, as many others are too. Well, somebody has to be around spreading the virus into that air. It doesn't just exist in the air, does it? It's picked up and transmitted from person to person. Right, but it stays airborne it's for airborne. a time. Right? Well, yeah, it can right. stay airborne for a while, so if somebody walks in front of you a couple of feet. but uh, Well, if you keep six feet of distance between you and them. You hope that it would, uh, you know, uh, the droplets, gravity would take them down, but some of them apparently are pretty light and can travel a good distance. So uh, I, I just, you know, well, that don't may walk be why they're s- recommending you take your shoes off when you come in the house. 
that's probably true too. But all right, let's take a quick break. On that note, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. That's why I take off my feet all the time. It's uh, antivirus. You take control. your shoes off, you can hear no matter what. All the time. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over one hundred years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC Way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, texts, please, Joe. The very bottom one is in relation to the call from Mike a little while ago. Right, he says, Good morning. One of the best things our government could do for Americans is health care for all unemployed workers. The government sent these ships to uh, New York City to help them, but they can't use them for coronavirus patients or the Javits Center. It's all political. Thank you. Well, what's happening is the hospitals, are, if I understand this correctly, is the, the actual uh, physical hospitals in the city are being used for coronavirus. Right, that's the whole purpose of sending the ship there, right. And the ships are for non-coronavirus people. So, so that, but um, that, that's political. That's, that's evil. <laughs> and then you have that moron in California who was worried about the hospital ship that docked there, and he ran a train off, off the, tracks, the tracks trying to stop them. I mean, come on! What kind well, of nuts are out there? Well, this, uh, people are uh, people are cracking up. Okay, let's just say it that way. Why not? It's, it is very stressful for people, and I think if you have an underlying uh, mental health concern, this can exacerbate that. So I, I would I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah, it's it's something to be concerned about. That's why we got to make sure that we're always able to get beer and guns in Pennsylvania, <laughs> so that we have a, a little relief. Well, stop and think about that for a minute. I mean, the governor here has closed down the state stores. We're trying to keep people to stay at home, and our surrounding states have the liquor the, the liquor stores mm, not are open. All of them. Uh, I think New York does not. I think uh, Maryland does. And uh, Ohio, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even speculate. Well, the story this morning from Penn Live, uh, Charles Thompson wrote it about Pennsylvania. The headline was, uh, it creates an alcohol tsunami in other states and our surrounding border states. His story is very interesting. I mean, he says... Well, what he calls a tsunami is what we call lots of business. <laughs> I mean, it makes it sound bad. Well, Maryland apparently is open because they said Mountain Liquors is the first liquor store one sees when crossing the Pennsylvania-Maryland line on U.S. Route 15 coming south from Gettysburg. Tuesday evening, you'd have been hard-pressed to tell which sign of the state line it was on. Ten cars occupied the parking lot during a Penn Live visit. Seven bore Pennsylvania license plates. Two were Marylanders, and since they didn't move during our stay, we're deducing that they belong to the two staffers in the store. <laughs> the rest were all Pennsylvania residents. Okay. All right, uh, Eric, thanks for calling in. You're on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, remind us all the the last uh, call you had on what was his credentials? What what was his his ex area of expertise? Mike, we don't know. 
Yeah. Just a good uh, one of our listeners. libertarian, right? Yeah. I don't think okay, he mentions so his occupation. He, he was an epidemiologist. He wasn't an economist. <laughs> okay. Just, okay. Just so we're just so we're clear, right? He he he's just another person calling in. That's true. Right. He wasn't. Okay. In a, he okay. was an invited. Uh, do you wish to state your credentials before you go further? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just a citizen here with concerns about my my fellow. Uh, people here in Snyder. So you are on the same level as our prior caller. Exactly. All right. Now we've got that cleared up. Great. Thanks. Thanks for clearing that up for all of us. Um, I guess my, my, my response to that is why we would listen to Mike or anyone else and, and not our leaders. Do we not think that Governor Wolf does not have people advising him to, to say what steps to take? Do we not think Governor Wolf is fully aware of the impact this is going to have upon Pennsylvania. After all, uh, the, most of the stores that are open, food stores and so forth, are ones that do not collect sales tax. Do we not think that, that Governor Wolf knows how this is going to impact not only local economies, but the state government and the whole state? But still taking expert opinion, expert advice, has, has closed the state. Do we not trust that, that our, our leader here in Pennsylvania, and echoed somewhat, if not fully, by now by you know uh, the president, that we need to to start doing this to ride this out, rather than having people spouting numbers like where did Mike get the number of 15 people? Only only a total of 15 people possibly could die in, in Columbia County. Do we not realize that part of what we have going on here in Central PA is that we are basically a rural area? But we have influx of people coming through because we're a major transportation center. 11 and 15, major north and south route, 80, major east-west route, that people are coming through here. People are also unpredictable. We've seen this over in Monroe County where all these people from New York City have decided to sequester themselves and bring the virus over into Pennsylvania. Why will we not be listening to our leaders who are getting expert advice and listening to them and start obeying what is actually now becoming the law, rather than just what I'm going to say, crackpot ideas that, oh, well, well you know, don't worry about the older people or the fat people. And that's what he was saying. I think everybody's everybody can call in and express their opinion. Uh, everybody has their own amount of research, whatever that happens to be, and, and they do that. And so they try to express their views and extrapolate the conclusions that they have. That's what the show's all about. Now, there is something that folks are going to have to exercise here. Uh, we talked about it this morning on the Sunrise Show called Information Hygiene, where it, in the past, if you thought President Trump was a fabulous president and everything he did was great and you posted uh, memes, some of which were accurate and weren't about him, that was great, or you were, you're a huge Joe Biden fan and you post memes about him and they're, they're accurate or not, the stakes are a little bit lower. But now the stakes are higher. If somebody tells you to hold your breath for 10 seconds, if you don't cough, you don't have coronavirus, things like that, I mean, you, you're talking about life-changing things. So we all, you, at the portion of your eyes and ears part, have to use a little information hygiene and making sure you're scrutinizing what you hear. And likewise, uh, it wouldn't hurt if we used a little information hygiene, meaning making sure that what we're saying is accurate and uh, provable uh, before we say it. Uh, that probably wouldn't hurt either. That but there's the political component to it. People who are Democrats tend to disbelieve anything that comes out of the president's mouth. Some Republicans tend to disbelieve anything that comes out of Governor Wolf's mouth. Well, then don't believe them. Then believe that the people they surround them with supposedly are objective. At least the governor may be a Democrat, but he's not running for re-election. 
election. So, you know, I, I certainly believe what Trump says many times at the podium these days, but of course he is running well, the re-election. He's backed so up by Dr. Fauci and the other doctors behind him. I mean, they are good people. I trust them. I trust, um, I forget the name of the Pennsylvania Health Secretary. Dr. Levine. Levine. She seems to know what she's doing, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that, I, as I said earlier, I don't envy any of these people the choices they have to make and the calls they have to make. Right. These are tough decisions all the way around. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank really, Eric. it was super call. Thank you for, thanks for calling in. Information hygiene, a new term we're learning because of all this, uh, all the droplets in the Wash air. Wash your hands with information. All the droplets of baloney in the air now <laughs> these days. All right, we'll take a quickie break. we got a caller standing by. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Thank you so much uh, for joining us on On the Mark, 1-800-795-9565. Cindy, you are the queen of calling in right before a break. So I you, know, you Mark, heard, I'm tracking this. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you have you put heard me on perpetual hold. 90% of the time, I was taking it personally. It, yeah, but anyway. It, it's just coincidence. It is, honest. Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I, I took it as a hint you didn't want me to call and didn't call for a while. No, no, anyway, no. Um, I wanted to explain the situation about the hospitals because I believe it could be misinterpreted. And let me tell people before I start, I'm a healthcare professional, so I know about this stuff. And in fact, I worked for years in the ER, which makes me the perfect person to explain this problem. <laughs> so, okay. before this ever hit, people had heart attacks, old ladies fell down and broke their hips, kids fell off bicycles and cut their faces, you know, kids. I mean, things happen, right? That's what keeps emergency rooms in business. Well, all of those things, the heart attacks, the broken legs, you know, the car accidents, et cetera, they haven't stopped. So here's our problem. We have a hospital in which there's an increasing number of people who have a highly infectious disease, COVID. Do we want to bring otherwise healthy people who have a different problem into that environment? And my answer is H-E-L-L, no. So the best thing we could do is provide their care, these non-COVID patients' care, and not bring them into contact with those other patients. So what did they do? They put in place hospital facilities that will only treat the regular sick, the regular emergency people, and they won't come in contact with the staff and or the patients in the hospitals where they have COVID. It's a great solution. It is a great solution. Now, the price that, the, frankly, the people who are uh, in the quote-unquote non-COVID group, the price they're going to pay is that 
For example, the, the uh, Mercy and the Comfort, they have bay wards. You know how Evan is promoting that they're going to each get their own room? Right. This is the exact opposite of that. This is like the pictures you saw in World War II. They might have a curtain, right? If you saw the pictures of the Javits Center, they put an effort to a little bit of uh, privacy screening between right. each thing, each space. Yeah, like you'd see in an office, little cubicles. So they, that area, those things, I keep saying, what about hand hygiene? Because typically there's a sink in every patient's room. Well, there will be no such thing in the Javits Center. There's a bathroom in every patient's room. There is no such thing in the Javits Center. So as a healthcare professional, I'm realizing the enormous challenge those people will face. All right. The Let's other thing is the military is typically trained in these kinds of uh, facilities to deal with combat-related injuries, which is not a highly infectious disease that causes pneumonia. That is not in that criteria. But it is broken arms and cut faces and falling down hips and heart attacks. Those are the kinds of things that the medical people who are staffing those facilities are trained to handle. So I see this as a brilliant solution, brilliant solution Good. to a big problem. Well, One Dr. Dr. Levine said the other day that there's 3,400 ICU beds in Pennsylvania, but 40% of them are already occupied before this even happened. And with the quote-unquote regular sick Right, with the regular folks. The, the, right. The, now, the and here, the our state has an incredible challenge because our hospitals in the rural areas are roughly half an hour to an hour apart. So it wouldn't work to declare, for example, Sunbury Hospital. I know it's close. To call that the COVID hospital and start moving COVID patients there, right, to try to keep the other hospitals functioning for the everyday regular emergency people. That wouldn't work because it's too far to move people back and forth, and these COVID people often are too sick to even think of doing that. At least New York, well, its, its beds are overwhelmed by COVID patients. So I think, I've, I applaud whoever came up with this solution. They have done the right thing, and I recognize that those people running these other facilities, the regular sick people facilities, are going to be have their own set of enormous challenges to deal with in caring for those people. All right. Thank you so Thanks, much. Cindy. Well said. And you call any time. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. And they're emphasizing that all of the workshops are open there. So you can go to the quick lane. You can go to the great big truck garage. You can utilize the great big tow trucks. You can utilize those great big tanks of nitrogen to get yourself pumped up with nitrogen so your tires last longer, run coolers, and have less temperature change from winter to summer. The quick lane's still open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can still make your appointments at sunburymotors.com. You can still just show up there and say, hey, my car's pulling to the left, and they'll pop you into the alignment shop and get you squared away. Plus, they'll fix your car. And you can even walk around while you're looking around and maybe check out your next uh, vehicle. I know my Ford Ranger's sitting there just waiting for the right opportunity to pull the trigger on that. So we appreciate the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915. Details about them at sunburymotors.com. Barry, you are on the mark. Thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. Thank you. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm calling in response. I think it's fantastic that some of these companies like Wise, Giant, and Walmart are giving bonuses and extra pay. But there are also companies that are non-essential life-sustaining that got 
Um, waivers. They get waivers to stay open. Yeah, they've got waivers to uh, to work, and one of them is a local company that makes playground equipment that was sold down the river by the Miller family, unfortunately, to Play Power. And Play World is working, and they've been so generous with their employees, they're not giving them extra money. They're canceling their company match for their 401ks. And I think it's important to bring out those companies that could care less about anybody but the almighty dollar and especially their employees. Well, and I think you, we are seeing that all over. Where there are people working, there is a new tension in the workplace where you have modular home builders that uh, claim that they they get a waiver because they're claiming they're somehow helping the COVID situation somehow, so they stay in operation. While the workers say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I don't want to go to a workplace where there's 80 other people sweating and on top of each other and you know working on these homes or whatever it happens to be. So there's a... Uh, uh, I, I just think it's it's a new tension that's popped up. Uh, one of the, one of the people that called from uh, well, one of the local manufacturers here said, you know, it's funny how uh, our front office has sent us a wide range of emails that related to COVID nineteen, but they all related to money. One was about sales. One was about salespeople. One was about you know, don't worry that the office workers aren't there, but the working class dogs still had to get in. There was nothing there about taking good care of them. And now he said the latest one they got when they got a letter that said uh, you're going to drive around with it so that if you get stopped being claimed to be non-essential, you uh, you show the cop the letter and it'll prove that you're essential. But nothing at all related to their health or hygiene or cleaning or uh, you know, like here they're going through the whole place and wiping it down all the time and keeping everything sanitary for the half a dozen people who are on the radio. But at his place, he said, nobody's doing that. You know, it's just, they're just worried about the money. They could care less about the worker. So there you go. I agree with you. (laughs) That's a true statement. All right. Van, thank you so much for calling in. Um, Van, you had called in earlier and talked about how this is uh, probably no worse than the flu, but the one doctor said sort of the minimum number of deaths nationwide are attributed to this is 100,000. Do you still have that? How many many have died so far? Uh, In the U.S.? uh, 7,500,000, I think. Or I've, I've, no, I'm sorry, I don't remember. The, oh, no. 10,000, 10,000. Okay, thank you. Well, here, here's something. This, this, is, this is what I called in for today, and this, is, this to me is stranger than fiction. If you guys are aware about this event 201 exercise that took place back in October 18th last year in New York City, did you hear about that? No, yeah, I haven't. Right. And there were no recommendations weren't heeded, I believe, correct? Well, the thing of it is, they they have. If you go on the the event two hundred one webpage, and this this of course was a warning about an ep- or a pandemic that could do like major damage. But they have a video on there, and I would recommend everyone go and watch the video. It's called Event Two Hundred One Pandemic Exercise Highlights Real. And what they did, they had a three and a half hour tabletop meeting, and then they had these pre recorded like fake you know news broadcast not like CNN but just fake news broadcast it was a simulated broadcast but they they said in these things about people would be locked in their houses forced to stay home and a bunch of a bunch of stuff that if you listen to it you can make your own conclusions about how how they could have even began to predict not not just a pandemic but 
the ramifications of it and the, the economic ramifications that they show in the, in the video. And people can say, well, yeah, well, this, it all makes sense. But how did they know to do this right before this thing broke loose? Well, I think this is is part of emergency management. We've had pandemic, desktop pandemic exercises in the past in Northumberland County. Well, we've been doing that for years with the bird flu thing. I mean, it's been around. uh, uh, Did they ever predict that we'd be locked in our homes and... The economic well, chaos that would take place? Not for six weeks. No, I never recall one where we had a six-week well, economic shutdown. Would, we have had shelter-in-place drills, but that relates to some sort of a noxious gas outside the home. Or a gunner. Well, I would highly recommend you, you watch that video and then come to your own conclusions about you know what what's really going on. What do you think is really going on? We got another caller I'm waiting. Gonna, I'm not going to say because I don't like like people say. I, you, know, you don't have the credentials to say anything. Well, you know, people have their own people have their own minds. I'll I'll let people think okay, whatever we'll they check want. It out. Well, I, this is an opinion program, and you're welcome to express yours. Well, I don't know, but if he's if he's not, if he doesn't feel certain about it. Now, I, well, I you're you know, doing the right to thing. Me, to me, it's like early on, you know, with Trump saying what he did, that he thought that it was no worse than the flu, you know, and. and the things that have come out afterward, you know, to, but it just, to me, it just seems strange that they were able even to, to have in these highlight reels, the highlight reel of this event, these news broadcasts that predicted so much of the country being locked down. Who would have ever thought such a thing? And Bill Gates, I watched a video of him where he, he recommended that nationwide, even though, though communities don't have but maybe one person that's that's been diagnosed with COVID-19 shut down the whole community. So what's what's the real purpose behind that? All right. Gotcha. Thank you so much, Van. Thank yeah, thanks, you. Van. Thanks for calling Appreciate in. Your call. Quickie break. We'll be right back on WKOK's On the Mark. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC Way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark Three Caller standing by and uh, four minutes left, so everybody gets 90 seconds. we start out with Jim. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. You get a minute and a half. Good morning, Mark and Joe and Cindy. Uh, Mark, I'd like to know what Cindy thinks of hydroxychloroquine uh, because of Dr. Oz and Dr. Fauci and that. And I'll hang up and... Uh, you can tell me whatever she, she's you want a, to tell She's me. actually not here, Jim. I mean, she's a caller. So okay. we don't know what she thinks of it. And I doubt that, given the fact that we're running out of time, she'd have a chance to call back in today. But uh, we'll, get, we'll get her going tomorrow. tomorrow All right. right. Uh, Stan, yeah. you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. Yeah. Uh, just 
just a thing about uh, companies and what's going on right now. Stan is going to tell us that at all of these workplaces, they have these things called exits, where if you don't like what's happening, you push a bar on them. You're taking Stan's time. What I'm saying is, unless people know what's going on in the company financially, how can they make a statement about it? That's all I'm going to say. No, they you just know what happens to them. You can't denigrate any company that's doing whatever they need to do to try and survive right now. No idea what their bottom line is. Well, that's true. A I lot mean, of I people. work for a company right now. Well, I'm laid off right now. But anyways, <laughs> all management right now is told to take get on employment because the company lost $85 million last year. Wow. And they don't have money to pay them for vacation, which is normally what they would do in a situation like that. They'd make them take all their vacation and use it. But instead of that... They're making them take on employment. So unless somebody has an idea what's going on in any particular company, they have no business talking about whether they're doing right or wrong by their employees. That's all i got to say. Well, that's all a good right. point, because you, you don't know. And, and if they don't survive, if they can't find some way to keep going, you're not going to have a job when things get better. I always try to think like the owner of these com- companies. Think like the owner. Uh, Chris, you're on the mark. Yeah, uh, that's... Uh, Basic epidemiology uh, 101, uh, separating the the patients that Sydney was talking about. That's nothing brilliant or new. I called in uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, maybe a week ago, about how you should need they, hospitals have to have separate wings if they're going to be dealing with this thing. It's the same thing. And I'm not sure what how many wings or separations they have on ship or whether they have good means of... If they have people trained in the equipment, they should be taking. What is the uh, science? What is the patients. What but is if the they s- don't? They shouldn't. What is the but science of hop- hospitalization, stuff. Chris? What and is the, the science? Thing, the oh, other thing is <laughs> that uh, one of the well, things the doctor didn't mention was uh, was uh, one of the early symptoms is loss of smell. So if you have a sudden loss of smell and taste. Uh, I think that happens, they say, up in the 40% of the virus cases. Okay. So that's something to, uh, to keep an eye on. What's this and science, uh, Chris, what is yep. this science of hospitalization that you mentioned first? Epi- the, something the, or other? Epidemiology? Well, uh, ep- dealing no. with pandemics. Epidem- epidemics. Epidemi- epidemiology. That's what I, I call I it epidemiology or something, but I don't know the scientific word. Okay. All right, you got but, 30 seconds. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, President uh, Malarkey there with his, uh, he keeps putting people on stage shoulder to shoulder behind him for his photo ops <laughs> when he's supposed to be teaching people not to do such things. I mean, and it's just a photo hop and a distraction from, from the main subject now, that whole drug thing. I, I'm sorry, but I you're mean, not watching the same ones I am. I've seen people coming in. He'll, he'll move away, and somebody will come in. Did you see in. the one with the, the yesterday? I didn't see all of it. I saw part of it, and it seemed like people were coming the, in. When he was talking about the drug thing, he had all the generals lined up shoulder to shoulder. As no, I, I didn't see that, but generally no he has people. particular reason except the photo op. Thank you so much, Chris. Appreciate the call. 
We're going to have a segment of Open Phones tomorrow. We're going to hear from Dr. Jonathan Green of Susquehanna University. It'll be Financial Friday. Bob Garrett will be here from the chamber. Literally here, we made a special uh, oxygen tent. Dispensation. For him. All right. A special <laughs> oxygen tent for him to operate out of to keep him from touching us. So that'll be tomorrow. Financial Friday. We'll talk about the jobless numbers. Thank you, Joe. This is WKOK Sunbury.